0: In 2008, British Columbia realtor Lindsay Buziak received a cold call from a new client. They informed her that they needed to buy a million dollar home immediately. This is the type of call that most realtors pray for. However, some things are too good to be true. Welcome to the Fact and Suspicion Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co host, Ben, and tonight we will be discussing the murder. Of Lindsay Buziak. So Ben, this is a really interesting case, and I remember, you know, when it happened. I remember seeing the Dateline episode about it a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it's one that I'd, I'd sort of forgotten about, um, or hadn't thought about in a long time. And someone actually suggested this one for us to do on Twitter. We have a Twitter. We we do have a Twitter, sir. Yeah. Huh. Um and this is this is the first suggestion from Twitter that uh that we're doing. So well, thanks mystery twitter. It was actually it was another podcast su- that suggested it. It's a podcast called Save Your Sorry. Say your sorry? Save save your sorry. Save. Like uh, I don't I don't think I get it. It's like, you know, like saying um like don't bother apologizing, I think, you know, save your uh,
1: sorry. Oh, okay, okay. I, I get yeah.
0: it. That's it's, they, they do, like, um, celebrity, like, scandals and stuff like that, you know? Um, so, like, they've got a, a, an episode about Jesse Smollett up right now, and they did one about the whole, like, Kevin Spacey scandal and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good podcast, so you should, you should check them out, definitely. But um, anyway, going forward, I, I'm really glad we got the suggestion because there's a lot more to this case than I remembered. There's a lot more to it than was in the Dateline episode, too, so. All right, well, let's, let's hear it. Well, Lindsay was a 24-year-old realtor from Victoria, British Columbia. Uh, and, you know, the people that knew her described her as vibrant, outgoing, a very popular person. Uh, she was in a, a serious relationship with her boyfriend, Jason Zalo. Uh, now, Jason was a former semi-pro hockey player, uh, and his family was in the real estate business as well. In fact, they both worked at the uh, they both worked for Remax, and Jason's mother Shirley was the manager of that Remax office. Now, as I said in the intro, uh, Lindsay got a cold call from a, a new client, and this was in January of two thousand eight, and. You know, to start with, Lindsay thought the woman had a strange accent. She thought it sounded like maybe it was a Spanish accent, but but she wasn't sure. In uh, hindsight, and, did it
1: sound like someone was trying to mask their voice or something?
0: I mean, I don't know for sure. I mean, it's not, I don't. She didn't mention that to anyone, right? right. Well, was she suspicious uh, at all by the call? Well, she she was she was suspicious, but mostly because okay, so they call her and they say, "Hey, I need to buy a million dollar home." In about a week. I mean, that know. seems a little sus. I mean, that is. But the most suspect, uh, suspicious thing about the, the thing is that they called her on her personal cell phone, uh, not the phone number she had listed on her flyers and stuff like that with the company. Well, how did they claim to have gotten that number? They just told her that they had been referred to her by another client of hers. Did they specify which one? From what I can tell, no. Um, I do read some news articles that say that they specified someone that Lindsay tried to contact and that person was out of town. However, uh, some police documents were released in the last couple of years uh, to Capitol Daily. And according to those documents, they did not specify a client. They just said they were referred to her. And Lindsay actually checked with several of her clients to see if they had referred the, the new, this lady to her, and they said they had not. Okay, so she at least checked around a bit. She did, and she did, and that, that seems to back up the fact that she was suspicious about it as well, that she, she went through a lot of trouble to try to find out, you know, who referred them to her.
1: That seems reasonable. I mean, given the circumstances, even not knowing what we know now, that still seems reasonable for, for what she knew at the time.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Now, um... She had told Jason that she was a bit nervous about it as well. And he had actually offered to do the showing for her. And she, she declined. She wanted to go ahead and do it herself. Um, but Lindsay makes an appointment to show the clients uh, a home in Saanich, which is it's an upscale suburb of Victoria. And they're supposed to meet at the home at 530 p.m. on February 2nd. And that's a Saturday. Now, earlier in the day, she had lunch with Jason, and they had a plan for Jason to come by during the showing. But according to Jason, it wasn't necessarily for him to be there uh, as backup or anything. It was more to, uh, well, he had to drop off some documents with her about another pending sale. Though, I mean, it's possible that he was going there as well just to be sort of a backup. Because that's what Lindsay's dad has said. Okay. He felt like Jason was supposed to be there as backup. I, mean, I, I wouldn't blame sort of, him if he, if
1: he had. No. Given
0: no. circumstances. I, yeah, I can understand how that would sort of get like mixed up as well, how they'd have different opinions on it. Because right. Because maybe Jason was coming over, over to drop off the documents, and Lindsay said, hey, don't worry, Dad. Jason's going to be there. So you right, right. differing messages.
1: Did she tell her father that Jason was going to be there?
0: Yes, she did. She told him that.
1: We just don't know the circumstances under which she told him, the context. No,
0: n- not exactly. We don't know the exact context. of
1: it. Or it could be she just told him not to, you know, put his mind to rest if he was worried.
0: Well, that's true. But, I mean, Jason was supposed to be there, right? Now, Jason uh, goes to a property that he uh, is working on the sale for. It's called SHC. It's an auto detailing shop. And apparently there's been an offer on that. So he has to go get them to sign a contract about the new offer. And he tells a friend of his named Cohen Oatman to meet him at SHC. The two are going to go and play hockey game later after he goes over and meets Lindsay at the other showing. And Jason actually ends up running a bit late. Um, He couldn't uh, actually find the house by putting the address into his GPS which, that's possible, it may possibly makes sense because it was a, a brand new home, so maybe the address hadn't been registered in the GPS yet. Yeah, that's fair. But he, he did call Lindsay trying to get directions at at one point, so he was running a little late. I mean, that,
1: and, similar um, things have
0: happened to me countless times.
1: Put yeah, in an yeah. address, and then it takes me somewhere, ranging from right down the road to the middle of damn nowhere, so.
0: Yeah, All right. And, uh... So he, he did, he, he had gotten directions, he was on the way, and then he texted her and said, okay, I'm going to be a few minutes late. And Lindsay texted him back and said, okay, I'll see you in a bit. I've got to go. The Mexicans are here. And like, I know she called them Mexicans, but this was just like, she sort of gave them the code name, Mexicans, because apparently they didn't give her uh, an actual name, or Wait. if they did, that's not anywhere in her notes.
1: That's and even more suspicious.
0: A, And she thought they had a Spanish accent. So that's why she was referring to them as the Mexicans. Gotcha. Now, witnesses saw the couple that she was showing the home to show up uh, right around 530. And they met with Lindsay outside the home. They shook hands. Uh, This was actually seen by eyewitnesses. So,
1: wait, eyewitnesses saw these people?
0: Yes. Yes, they did. Eyewitnesses saw them show up. And it was a man Um, and a woman like it was supposed to be. It was. It was a tall man with dark hair, and then a medium height female with short blonde hair. And uh, the the lady was actually wearing a very distinctive dress as well that they described uh, quite very in detail. Um, Was the gentleman
1: Hispanic?
0: They're not sure. Um, You know, the the people that saw them were at a distance, so they just know it was a tall man with dark hair.
1: Because the blonde hair thing, that doesn't. I mean, at least the the lady sounds like she might not have been.
0: Right. Or, I mean, you know, she could have been wearing a wig as well, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I guess I didn't consider that. Right. Especially considering um, what
0: comes next. I guess that's plausible. Yeah, yeah, right. Now, um, a lot of the houses, um, well, at that point, a lot of houses that realtors were showing would have a lockbox uh, that keeps the key to the house in it. And uh, realtors would use their BlackBerries to put in a code and open it. And that lockbox was opened at 5.29 p.m. So that's when police believe the showing began.
1: Realtors, now, be, what, wait, why BlackBerry specifically?
0: Did you Was that like a proxy for smartphones or what? Yeah, well, this was in 2008. And, you know, this was really kind of before the iPhone got big. Uh,
1: yeah, that, that's true. The, the, so a
0: BlackBerry was really your only smartphone back yeah, then. Yeah, that's true. Or I used to see I those things all the time
1: when I worked in a restaurant.
0: Yeah, and, and at the time, um, I, I know, things. I mean, I knew realtors at the time. They all used Blackberries as well. Those stupid little styluses that came with them. I know they were, they were really. It was like boring. the most pompous the, the, cell phone ever made. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, they were. I understand you saying that, but I, I they were pretty useful. Like before, you know the the iPhone style smartphone we have today. Uh But at any rate, you know, all realtors had them back then. So, I guess they could probably use a an iPhone or an Android to open up things now. But as I was saying, the, the lockbox was opened at 529, and, you know, police think that's when the showing began. Now, at 538, Jason texted Lindsay and said, I'm just a couple minutes away. Did she respond? Uh, no. Uh, now, according to Detective Sergeant Horsley of the RCMP, that text was never even opened and read.
1: Did they suspect then, she was already dead by that point then? Not necessarily.
0: No. Um... At 5.41, uh, Lindsay's Blackberry actually dialed a friend of hers that she had not spoken to in a long time. And police are are fairly certain that that was a pocket dial. Uh, most likely a result of her being attacked. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, uh, Jason and his friend, Cohen Oatman, arrive about 5.45. And... Um, Jason has said that he saw someone at the front door. Uh, And depending on which news article or, you know, which TV show you're watching about this, uh, sometimes they say he saw someone open the front door and then close it again. And sometimes they just say he saw someone through the glass of the door. Uh, But at any rate, he saw someone and thought that perhaps the showing was just beginning at that point. But she was already dead by this point, right?
1: Or dying yes. at least.
0: Yeah, they uh, they police suspect that she was probably being attacked at five forty one, mm-hmm. so it had to have happened at least sometime between five thirty eight, uh, when he sent the text, and then five forty five when he showed up.
1: Would it have been were, quick?
0: What's that? Would it have been quick the attack? Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll get into that later after they find the body and they 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 know what they think happened. Okay. But at any rate, they show up at 545, and, and you know, Jason saw someone through the door. He thought the, the showing was just beginning at that point. Now, Jason initially parks uh, in the cul-de-sac that the house is on, uh, but a few minutes later, when no one has come out, he decides to move his car out onto the, the street uh, that leads up to the cul-de-sac. For one, because uh, there's not any actual parking on the cul-de-sac, but there is on the street. And for another, he didn't want to seem like to the client someone was just, you know, parked there waiting outside like a meddling boyfriend, right, right. boyfriend or something like that. You know, he wanted to look professional for her. You know,
1: Nothing that might hurt the sale. Right.
0: Um, now, after about 10 minutes, uh, Jason texts Lindsay to see if she's okay. And he doesn't get a response. So in about another 10 minutes, uh, he and Cohen get out and go up to the door. And they find it locked. Should which, the showing be over by this point? Yeah, most showings only last about fifteen minutes. All right, unless you know they're doing business or something like that. But the fact that the door is locked sets off alarms for him because that—that's not that should be unlocked when she's doing a showing. Yeah, right? of course. Uh, also, he does see her shoes uh, inside the front door, uh, but that's that's pretty normal because it's a brand new home and most of the time when they're showing stuff like that they'll take their shoes off to not damage the the floors the carpet. Yeah. But at this point Jason starts trying to make phone calls to get into the house. Um I can't find any documentation of who exactly he called, but he was calling people trying to get the the code to get into that lockbox so he could get in. And he can't get through to anyone, so at 6:05 he calls 911 and tells them, you know, that his girlfriend is inside. supposed to be showing this home, but it's locked, and he thinks something's wrong. After his 911 call, he and Cohen go around to the back of the house, and Jason boosts Cohen over the back fence. So Cohen actually goes in the back door, which is unlocked, and comes around to the front and unlocks that so Jason can come in. Now, Jason says pretty much immediately upon going in the house, he runs in, runs up the steps, and finds Lindsay dead, uh, you know in a pool of blood in the master bedroom. How bad was the attack? Um, I'll get into that in just a, a bit, but the 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 short answer is we don't have any specifics about that from police.
1: Oh, so we don't have any time she was stabbed or anything like that.
0: No, no, there there is no actual police information about that, even though you will hear you will or you'll read in different articles. Uh, some say ten to fifteen. Some say forty times. Dear Lord, uh, and some actually say they mutilated her breast implants. But we have no where proof did they or documentation get that? that at all. I have no idea, to be honest with you. Um, I I have considered that possibly, uh, you know, since Jason and Cohen saw the body, mm-hmm. they may have said, "Oh, she was stabbed so many times," but. You know, they may not have actually known because if you've never seen someone stabbed to death, right. there can be an alarming amount of blood from just a few stabs. Yeah, that's a good point.
1: You know, and you know, if those things were true, if there were, say, 40 stabs and if they did try to mutilate her body,
0: I mean, that could suggest like a personal motive. Actually, there are people that think this was personal. I can't say I agree with that theory, but I would like to get into that uh, a little bit later after we go through, you know, the other evidence at the scene and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. evidence of which there there wasn't very much now uh as soon as Jason finds the body um he he tries to resuscitate her, which at that point it's it was too, you know, late. too late, obviously, and you know most of the news articles you read will say that he called nine one one immediately. however, it wasn't him, it was Cohen that called nine one one at nine eleven while Jason was trying to revive her gotcha and uh, police were there just in a few minutes because they were already on the way because Jason had already called. Now, as soon as police arrive on the scene, they take both Jason and Cohen into custody. Uh, they cuff him, uh, They, you know, take him to the police station, question them. I mean, I guess day. it
1: makes sense. At least one of them had it been covered in blood, right?
0: Yeah, you know, they found the body. Jason's covered in blood. He was the boyfriend, so obviously he's the first suspect. You know, right. You, you're going to take them into custody, right? Um, now, police were able to find them on security footage at SHC, uh, you know, at a time where they could not have made it uh, to the house in order to, you know, commit the murder. Right. So, you know, they, they're sure that they didn't commit the murder.
1: That only and, rules out them having done it themselves.
0: Exactly. Right. Uh, now, Jason was very cooperative with police. He did several interviews, and they even took him back to the house so he and Cohen could show them exactly what they did, where they walked through the house, things like that. Uh, And according to all of the, you know, footprints and fingerprints that police found, their story lined up pretty much exactly. So did they rule them out? Well, they, they ruled them out as having committed the murder, obviously. Um, But they weren't completely out of suspects yet by this point. Not yet, though. I will go ahead and say that they did investigate Jason for a couple years. And after all the interviews and everything, they did clear him completely as a suspect from hiring anyone or anything like that. Gotcha. Now, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Lindsay was found in the master bedroom. And that was upstairs? Yes, that was upstairs. Uh, and according to police's investigation, they believe that while she was showing the master bedroom, she turned to go into the uh, the in suite bathroom to show that. And when she turned, she was stabbed from behind. And her body showed no defensive wounds at all. So it must have been quick. Um, you know, Quick, yeah, and completely unexpected.
1: That shows real patience on the part of the killer, too, because they had to have let her show them probably a good portion of the downstairs
0: before they even went upstairs. Right. And um, they played this off pretty cool. Yeah, I've read some people uh, speculate as well that they wanted to wait until she was upstairs because, for instance, if something goes wrong. Uh, and she runs from them. That she has farther to go to get downstairs to the front door to to escape.
1: I mean, that makes sense. More margin for error,
0: right? And you know, that's that's all you know speculation, though. Obviously,
1: but it's reasonable speculation.
0: It is. It could have
1: um, also been because of uh, noise too. They'd probably uh, be people would be less likely to hear her scream upstairs. To be my guess.
0: Uh, that's that's quite possible. You know, anyone walking on the street.
1: And they did it inside of a bathroom, which might have had something to do with that as well.
0: I, I think it actually happened still in the bedroom while she turned toward. Oh, okay. Okay. The so, like in the doorway
1: to the, bath, to the bathroom, then?
0: Right. Because she was found lying in the bedroom, not in the bathroom. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, now, it's, you know, it should be noted as well uh, Lindsay's phone, her wallet, uh, her purse, her watch. They were all left on the scene. There was no money missing, nothing like that. So this
1: could have just been a a thief.
0: Right, no. A burglar going wrong. Honestly, with the the method of it, them calling, making the appointment, I wouldn't think that anyway. But I I thought I should mention that. Now, police found almost no DNA or fingerprints in the home. Uh, And if anything usable was found, the police haven't shared that uh, information. But, you know, the house was was brand new. It had just been built. No one had lived in it. And it had just been recently cleaned to be shown. So it, there's probably not going to be much, you know, many fingerprints or anything like that from other people as well. Though, right, right, yeah. Uh, now, I did mention that Lindsay never wrote down the couple's name in her notes, but their phone number was still in her BlackBerry. So. They were able to trace the phone uh, that had called her. The phone was actually just purchased in November at a uh, convenience store in Vancouver, and it wasn't activated until January, with just a few days before it was used to contact Lindsay. Okay, so that definitely suggests premeditation. Like this was yeah, that-
1: this was planned well in advance.
0: Yes, it's definitely a burner phone.
1: And planned well, too. Uh,
0: The phone was registered under the name of Paulo Rodriguez, which is a fake name. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was an address given for the registration as well. But police determined it it was a real address, but they determined the address had nothing to do with the crime.
1: Gotcha. Okay. Uh,
0: Now, security footage from the store where the phone was bought wasn't able to be recovered, uh, probably because it had been so long since the purchase. Uh, that, you know, usually small stores don't keep security footage for that long, especially not in 2008. Right. Police were also able to determine when the phone actually showed up in Victoria. Uh, It came uh, across the ferry from Vancouver just the day before Lindsay's murder. Now, police also investigated Lindsay's laptop, uh, which Jason provided voluntarily. They did find that there appeared to be missing messages from her Facebook. Um, there were no they've been mess- deleted or something. I, well, they don't know for sure. Um, I, I think at the time there was no way to tell if it had actually been deleted or if they had you know that information hasn't been you know released, right? Uh, though I do know from those police documents they did uh, subpoena some information from Facebook. So clearly Zuckerberg's a suspect at this point. Well, isn't he usually? (laughs) Um, Anyway, there were no messages from the period of January 24th to February 3rd. Uh, That's two weeks uh, before her death. And, you know, Lindsay had 700 Facebook friends and she was, you know, a daily user of Facebook. So So that was abnormal. It was very abnormal for not to have any messages. She usually had messages coming in every day. Um, I don't know exactly who that casts guilt upon, but I, I think mean, doesn't it's doesn't it seem strange.
1: likely that it's boy, her, the boyfriend. Then, if somebody deleted them,
0: it's but possible if if they were deleted. That is, yeah, it's possible though. Like I said I don't know who else might have had access. Who who just knew her the password she used? We don't know that, right? Now, with the the method of the attack, you know, Lindsay being attacked from behind, the strange circumstances about her being contacted. Uh, the way they used a burner phone. Police strongly believe that this was probably a professional hit.
1: Oh, I mean, that, that absolutely makes sense. I mean, the level of sophistication and premeditation that, that seems to have gone into this. Uh, yeah, that's, I could I could easily believe that.
0: But then you have to wonder, why would a realtor that everybody likes, you know, be killed by professionals?
1: I mean, who know who even knows how to how to hire a professional killer? I
0: don't it's not think like you can get one of those out of the yellow pages, right? Yeah, you're, you're you're everyday people, they don't know that.
1: And if you get one off the deep net, I mean, you're almost certainly talking to a Fed, so
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone would use the internet to hire a professional killer. At least I hope not. Um, but at, at any rate, there are some suspects that people have or, you know, some theories. Um, and I guess we should start with Jason, just because, you know. He's the boyfriend he found the body. First person that that police looked at. Yeah, that that absolutely makes sense. Now, Lindsay's dad, Jeff, says that Jason and Lindsay were having some trouble in their relationship.
1: Who says Um, this?
0: Lindsay's dad, Jeff. Okay. Uh, Now, as a matter of fact, in December, uh, Lindsay had taken a trip out to Calgary to visit with her dad. And... Uh, According to to her dad, uh, Lindsay said that Jason was being really controlling and overbearing and that, you know, she she just wasn't happy with that. And she was thinking about ending things. Had this
1: been corroborated by any of her friends or any other family members?
0: Yes. Uh, Now, uh, here's here's the deal with that. According to Lindsay's friends. Uh, she really was thinking about that. She she was having doubts about the relationship. However, uh, just after her trip to Calgary, uh, she took a ski trip with, uh, with Jason's family, and that had sort of strengthened their relationship back, and she decided to try to make things work.
1: Okay. But her father isn't the only person who uh, mentioned that Jason was controlling, or at least Lindsay felt that he was controlling.
0: Um, no, no, her, her friends do, do agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, Jason was cleared by police. They don't think he was involved in this. Um, and they, they're sure he didn't commit the murder. Right. Okay. But as I said, them being sure, we know that he didn't commit the murder because of physical evidence, but that doesn't mean he couldn't have hired someone to do it.
1: I mean, that of uh, course I'm, leads to the problem of, again, who knows how to hire a professional killer? Where do you even I, find one?
0: I agree with that, and I, I have no idea if he would know that or not. Though his family did have, you know, a decent bit of money, so some people speculate they, they may have had the financial means to pay a killer at any rate.
1: I mean, that's fair, but even with the financial means, finding a contract killer isn't exactly easy.
0: I'm I'm not going to disagree with that at all. Well, unless I, I you
1: just... got mafia connections or, you know, something... Or any sort of other organized crime. I mean, it's really difficult to find something like
0: that. Well, I, I hate to even point this out though, because there is absolutely no evidence for this that I can find. But you know how the the people on Internet threads are. There are people that insist that. Yeah, I've that, met
1: Internet people.
0: Yeah, well, there are people that insist that Jason and his mother were involved in the drug trade and that they would you know, know all kinds of seedy people. And I'm sure they have just all manners of evidence for this claim. Uh, not a single bit. Uh, well, as, as a matter shocking. of fact, I've read claims that people believe they were um, laundering drug money through their real estate business. Now, keep I in guess mind, they got all the receipts there too, right? Well, well, keep in mind, this is not even like a just a family-owned real estate business. This is REMAX. Ah, oh, you know, so. laundering money through REMAX. I, I don't know if you could really do that. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it just doesn't seem likely to me yeah um now at any rate um people also find it you know peculiar that Jason turned out to be late on this particular occasion when Lindsay was being murdered uh you know he had a friend with him that would provide you know, sort of a airtight alibi um people people say it's strange that he pulled his car around to the side of the house, but You know, like like we said, Jason said he pulled it around there because Lindsay was doing a showing. He didn't want them to come out and see Lindsay's, you know, crazy boyfriend waiting outside for her. Right. I mean, it makes sense. Right. So, you know, I'm also going to say he was very cooperative with police and he passed a polygraph, even though, you know. For what that's worth. We don't believe in polygraphs here, but he passed a polygraph just for what it's worth. So either way, he was vetted uh, properly. Yes. Now, there's another sort of suspect that I think I should mention. Um, Lindsay's ex-boyfriend, Matt McDuff. Uh, He was questioned by police afterward. And Lindsay and Matt had had a, a pretty rough relationship at times. Lindsay had actually called the police on Matt multiple times when the two were fighting. Was he abusive? I cannot find that exact information. Um, all I know is that you know they were fighting, and Lindsay called the police. I don't know if he was hitting her or not. okay now, Lindsay's mother actually seems to believe that that Matt may have been involved uh with this as to where you know her dad seems to think that you know maybe it was Jason, right, but at any rate, Shirley Zalo, who is uh Jason's mother. Mm -hmm. she says that, uh, you know, shortly before the murder, uh, Lindsay had mentioned to her uh, that, you know, how she had been afraid of Matt during their relationship, which is, I guess, a strange thing for her to just randomly mention. Though, I'm going to be honest with you, with, with Shirley's son being investigated by police, I can see her just saying something like that to sort of get attention off of him. Uh, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. Um, but um, some of Lindsay's friends have said that Lindsay was considering leaving Jason to go back to Matt. And actually, according to Lindsay's friend, Nikki Burroughs, her group of friends there, they, they thought of themselves as characters from Sex and the City. And, um, and Lindsay had actually referred to Matt as her Mr. Big. That means now, absolutely nothing to me well, I, I thought maybe it didn't, but for any uh any of our listeners who aren't familiar with sex in the city because I, I know it's you know several years old now um the main character Carrie uh well Mr. Big was sort of her 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 boyfriend that she kept coming back to over and over after she you know they broke up and she had a relationship with someone else she'd keep coming back to him and she ended up marrying him in the end, right. And, you know, according to Nikki, uh, Lindsay thought of Matt as her Mr. Big. So that may make sense that she really was considering going back to Matt. Uh, It's hard to say, but police have said they have got no reason to suspect Matt at all. Even though you have some internet theorists who really think it could have been him. Well, internet theorists, gonna theorists, so. I agree. but. We do have another theory, and this one, apparently uh, police actually think this one has some validity to it. So a bit more plausible, perhaps. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, if you'll remember, I mentioned that Lindsay visited her dad in Calgary back in December. Okay. Now, while she was, well, just after her visit to Calgary, there was a giant drug bust in Calgary. I mean, like it cocaine was, or something? Yes, cocaine. It like a serious drug? Millions of dollars in cocaine was, was seized. It was the largest drug bust in the history of the Alberta province.
1: It had to make some powerful people pretty angry.
0: Yes, and several people were arrested. Now, it, this is sort of a strange connection, right? But there was a police informant. Uh, that made that bust possible. And, you know, obviously the people who lost all the cocaine knew there had to have been a police informant. And they were, uh, you know, involved with the Mexican cartel.
1: That would definitely explain the uh,
0: accents on the phone, then, if that were the case. that That's very true. Police believe that Lindsay may have been made a scapegoat for this. By who? Um, you know, by. By, you know, people involved in the cartel that think she was the informant. So this was definitely cartel related. Definitely cartel related.
1: So is the idea that that some lower level in the supply chain would be trying to save face by taking
0: out Lindsay? It's very possible. um, Well, you got to think about this, right? So you lose millions millions of dollars in cocaine. You're going to have people you know, knocking down everybody's door, trying to find out who told, right? Of course. So I would say either the actual informant was trying to get heat off of themselves and gave away, you know, maybe Lindsay's name, or perhaps it was just, you know, one of the people that felt like, you know, they're going to kill someone for this. I don't want it to be me. I'm just going to name someone, Right. Well, fair enough. But any idea why that person would have been Lindsay? I mean, was, yes. did she have any feasible connection to this? Right. Let Let me get into that connection just just a bit here. Okay. Um. So while Lindsay was in Calgary to see her father, she did go out with some friends. Like right. you mean, like drinking? Yeah they they went to some clubs. Okay. Gotcha. Now, at least one of those friends she was out with was arrested in that bust. Really? Yes. Uh and also, you know, when police uh looked into Lindsay's Facebook, they found that some of the people on her friends list were quote unquote violent criminals and involved in the illegal distribution of drugs.
1: That's from like some sort of police document you have?
0: Yes. Well that that's from the police documents that Capitol Daily got a hold of. Now that's interesting. Right. Um another thing. This should be mentioned here is uh during her visit, Lindsay did tell her dad that she had seen something she shouldn't have, and you know it's sort of a cryptic thing she said, uh, but he doesn't know exactly what it was she saw, and I don't know if he questioned her more on it and she just wouldn't give details or what, but he did Lindsay's dad did say that in an interview now, uh, there is one more connection I should mention of. You know, Lindsay to the drug bust. Though I myself find this one to be a little weak, uh, but it was mentioned in the episode of True Crime Daily. Right. Um, now, while Lindsay was in Calgary, she attempted to contact a friend of hers that lived in Victoria, and it wasn't someone she talked to very often. Did she get in touch with them? I, you know, I don't know. I, I never found that information. They said she attempted to contact, she attempted to call and attempted to send a message on Facebook. I, I don't know if they ever answered. Gotcha. However, the person she attempted to contact was closely related to one of the people arrested in the drug bust.
1: That seems a bit tenuous, honestly. I mean, it is a connection, you know, albeit on the periphery, but I mean, I guess at least it's something, but I don't know what that what that would amount
0: to. Well, it's it's something, and I guess if you know, if that was true and then she was out with another person. Uh, that got arrested as well, maybe all these connections would throw some suspicion toward her. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's fair. Um, But uh, police have said she was not the informant. So, you know, for what that's worth. But I feel like it's possible that someone could have believed she was or someone could have said she was and had a few things to back that up. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I guess that makes sense. Right. Now, that's um, mostly um, all the information about the case. However, uh, in February of 2021, uh, there were some news articles that said that uh, they were putting a new team together to work on this case specifically.
1: Like a and, task force of some sort?
0: Yeah. And the FBI is involved in it as well. Interesting. I find it to be very Wait, interesting because... FBI? is in this Canada? Canada? Yeah. So, to me, that feels like there's someone involved in an, an FBI connection? case Yeah, that's in this case as well, which really, to me, Not points surprising. toward the, the drugs and the professional killer.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, why would they be involved if it were, say,
0: if Jason were the primary suspect? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, unless Jason is a international drug lord, right? <laughs> Do we know what, uh, say, division of
1: the FBI was working on this? Was it, like, counterterrorism or what?
0: I uh, know they they did not say they just said uh they were including the FBI in the team so
1: Is there a drug that. task force or division in the FBI? I, I see I don't know.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah, they definitely deal with a lot of drugs. So.
1: I, I didn't know that was one that was just like completely relegated uh to the uh DA. Uh no, they
0: they you know there will be different things that would, you know, I'm sure draw the FBI into uh a case like that because when you get to um you know, crossing crossing state lines, uh murders, other crimes. The FBI is definitely gonna be involved, right? I mean, I was just I was because this is Canada. No, I agree. That I was I was surprised too. But as I said, that that probably means that, you know, that I, I feel like that really points toward the professional killer.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would I would say so too. Well, I mean it points towards the cartel, which of course points to a, a contract killing of some sort. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not to mention all the other evidence that this was extremely well planned and committed by a professional.
0: Oh yeah. And um, you know, I something I, I started to mention earlier, but uh I uh I we sort of got away from it, that I think points toward professionals as well. Um, you know, we said that the I said the woman could have been wearing a wig uh to sort of throw people off, but Everyone that saw the woman, they could not describe her face at all, but they very vividly described this colorful dress she was wearing. And um, police thought, oh, that sounds like a designer dress. You know, that might be kind of a rare dress to find. So they they tried to find it, and it turns out it was something you could buy in any department store. So it didn't help them at all. Ah, but Yeah. But they, they did theorize that maybe she wore such a colorful dress to sort of Draw attention away from her face because anyone would just notice the dress, right?
1: Again, that would that would mean a level of sophistication that your average, you know, killer is not going to have. Like just the random Joe that tries to decides to commit a murder, say out of passion, or you know, for whatever mundane motives people have. That's not the sort of thing you would typically think of.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, also. There are a lot of people, you know, that, that do see this as someone getting revenge for something personal. Um, you know, if you watch the episode of Dateline, granted that was from I think twenty ten, mm-hmm. um, so there wasn't as much information then. There were people on there that really seemed to believe, you know, this was someone with a personal connection to Lindsay that, you know, they they really took that out on her because of the brutal nature of the of the murder because of all the stab wounds. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think we should point out that one does not necessarily preclude the other, right? I mean, the personal could have been the cause of the professional. Let's just presume for a moment that a contract killer was hired by a third party, somebody who, uh, who wanted Lindsay dead, right? Right. Maybe they specified that, you know, make it painful, make it bloody, something along those lines. Well, I mean, of course, this is just
0: pure speculation. I'm just playing devil's advocate, essentially, right. Well, I see it this way. let's Let's say, you know, hypothetically, an ex-boyfriend manages to hire a a professional killer. I'm not trying to to point at Matt Mcduff or anything. It's just you know, just a hypothetical. I don't think if a professional killer is working for an average Joe, and that person says, "Really, you know, make her pay for it." that they're really going to, you know, make it very brutal. You know, they're probably just going to do it quickly and get out of there. I would, feel Right. That. Yeah, you're probably right. However, if the cartel says, you know, this person's a snitch, they've got to pay, we have to make an example. I feel like that's can more likely the reason that they would try to, you know, really make it look brutal. A- at the same time, though, I've got to point out, the police have not released information about the extent of her injuries. So. We don't know that it was brutal. I wonder why. Just because it's an ongoing investigation, right? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty common. I mean, if they do find someone they think to be the killer, they they would get information about the you know how many times they stabbed or something like
1: that. Yeah, I mean, I I suppose that makes sense. It's just again, it's frustrating,
0: right? Um, It it is frustrating, and I find I, I found this case to be so interesting. But I really do like to me. I really do feel like these were professional killers. And the, the most likely scenario of the ones I've investigated, it seems to be it's connected to that drug bust.
1: I mean, from what you've said thus far, that, that's certainly plausible. I mean, it's probably even the most likely scenario that I've heard, at
0: least to this point. Well, just the fact that, you know, she was in Calgary just before the drug bust, she was hanging out with someone that was arrested in the drug bust. Right. And she seems to be friends with. You know, drug dealers on Facebook, that's this seems like a lot of tying in there. Um, I I do want to mention, though, that Lindsay was not involved in drugs uh, at all, according to police and her family and friends. However, they they have mentioned that in Victoria, it's sort of has sort of a small town feel and uh, sort of everyone knows everyone in Victoria. So, you know, it wouldn't be uncommon for her to know someone in Victoria that just happened to be a drug dealer. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I mean, and she she went out to like clubs and bars all the time, so there's a chance she'd run into meet. somebody. Yeah, and and not even know that these people, you know, are involved in that. Yeah. But like I said it's there there are a lot of connections there and it, I mean, maybe it's far-fetched, maybe there's no hard evidence, but I mean, the police seem to have taken it at least somewhat seriously. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Uh, Actually, um, in the true crime daily episode, um, the, the police actually put that that theory forward that it was in you know it was involved with that uh, drug bust. I mean, it's certainly worth discussing, right? I, I'd say it's more than worth. It. If, if the police mentioned it, yeah. I mean, I don't think they're just going to say that in an interview as some kind of red herring.
1: No, I mean, yeah, you you're you're almost certainly right. So I think it's fair to say that we both believe that the professional hit, uh, probably related to the drug bust, is the most likely scenario. But do you think there's any chance that it was the boyfriend? I mean, because he seems to be the at least the second most likely suspect. I mean, you know, he was there at the time when she died. He was covered in blood when the police got there.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to say it's impossible by any means. I mean there just there are
1: some things at least that point to him if you know they may be superficial, but they're
0: there well, Lindsay's dad, Jeff, I mean, he really thinks that Jason was involved in this uh, now Jeff runs a website called lindsaybuusiaacmurder and Jeff puts a lot of you know speculation, information, his own opinions and theories on there, and Jeff is According to Jeff, he's gotten into some trouble for it. There have been lawyers contacting him, trying to get him to stop.
1: Like defamation, cease uh, and
0: desist. Well, that that seems to be the case. He he wasn't very specific about what the lawyers uh were you know doing in the interview, but I mean, if he's naming
1: names. That's
0: I mean, that's a good I mean, way to get sued, dude. He definitely names names, and he talks about Jason and his mother quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I can understand why he he feels this way. There's there's a lot of things that point that way but they seem really circumstantial to me. Uh for one, you know, Jason was supposed to be there during the showing because Lindsay was nervous about it and he ended up being late. Uh he had a friend with him to, you know, provide a, a an airtight alibi that he wasn't there at the time.
1: So and the idea was... would be that they got seen on the cameras intentionally.
0: Yes. Right. So they're on the security camera at a time where they couldn't even be uh, at the house at the time of the murder. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can see where that might look suspect to some people, particularly, you know, an an angry,
0: hurt father. Right. And then uh, there's the fact that when Jason tells the story, he says that he ran in and then ran straight up to the master bedroom where he found, like, he basically went right to the body, Um, which does seem kind of strange, but... Well time, I mean he could
1: probably know. see from a glance that they weren't downstairs, right? Yeah. So I would wouldn't, agree with wouldn't that. it seem normal that he would have gone straight upstairs?
0: Right. And when you go upstairs, like I'm it. would be hard to miss the body, body, body Yeah, as soon as he got up the stairs, possibly. I mean, like I can see like a natural course of events that would have led him up the stairs. I, I agree. I agree with that. Um, you know, we mentioned how he he moved his car away from the front of the house. Right, yeah.
1: I mean, that, the exp- explanation seems plausible, but again, it's, I can understand why some people would think that's suspect.
0: And you know, then you have uh, the fact that people say that he he was overbearing, controlling, and I can understand why someone would think that, that someone like that, if you're getting broken up with, uh, might you know become angry and want to commit murder, but that doesn't seem like the kind of thing you hire a professional killer for. That seems sort of a spur of the moment thing, right? Right, yeah. So I don't, I don't think so. Uh, but like I said, you know, it's possible. I'm not going to rule it out. Uh, you also have the the ex boyfriend Matt McDuff, which I don't think he did either. The only evidence for that is that they had a rocky relationship and a bad breakup.
1: Right. right. Yeah, I didn't find that one particularly compelling, to be honest.
0: And actually, at the at the time of Lindsay's murder, Matt had. A very serious girlfriend who later became his wife. So I ah. don't think he was you know, jealous or anything at the time. He'd, he'd moved yeah. on, it seemed like.
1: I mean, of course, it doesn't rule it out. But yeah, that, that, the fact that he's married, that does seem, yeah, he, like he'd moved on.
0: Now, it, it could have been someone else. Uh, you know, it could have been something that we haven't even touched on here that we don't know about. But, you know, like just as far as that goes. A stranger? Yeah, I'm, I'm saying it could have been. I, I I. don't think it was.
1: I mean, like, I agree, but doesn't it seem like if it had been like a like a stranger murder, that it would have been more like spur of the moment, uh, you know, like a, a crime of opportunity? I mean, oh, that, this seems like it was planned and planned well. well that's not exactly,
0: exactly what I mean. I don't think there's any way around that these are professional killers. Oh, I just okay, mean okay. that it could have been someone that wasn't necessarily involved in that drug bust that put out a hit on her. And we don't know why.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like we're just missing an important motive.
0: Yeah, yeah. Th- I agree with that. Yeah, like I. I don't know what else to say about that. I. I, th- I think it had to have been involved. I. I say that. I think it's most likely that it was involved with with the drug bust with the cartel.
1: But even then, that that leaves us with how does a regular person like let's say like a friend or a family member that she had you know harmed in some unforgivable manner, right? How does the average person even get a hold of a hitman or a contract killer?
0: Yeah, I I don't think you can. I think you have to be involved with with organized crime in some way. Something like that. Yeah. Or you have to really know somebody.
1: And even if you're in, like, even if you're a drug dealer, like, let's say that you need to be much higher up on the supply chain even to have that kind of access, right? I, I like would the type so. of people who do who do this sort of thing for money. Something that is so like you get caught one time and your life's over. Uh, that's
0: expensive. Yeah, you're right. And and again, I think the brutality of it. I don't think that precludes the the cartel involvement. I think that maybe even suggest it more. I, I mean, it could be they're making an example of her right.
1: if it were in fact drug related.
0: I I agree. Will we ever know who murdered Lindsay Buziak? In this particular case, a motive would most likely unlock the mystery. While some believe the killer could be someone who had a personal issue with Lindsay, I find the theory of professional killers to be much more likely. The problem with this notion is that professionals usually know how to avoid leaving evidence, and it would make this case much harder to crack. Someone knows why Lindsay was murdered, but will they ever come forward if it puts their own life in danger as well? Thank you for listening to Fact and Suspicion. We hope you've enjoyed the episode, and if you'd like to give us any feedback or perhaps suggest a case for us to cover, we'd like for you to contact us on Twitter at andsuspicion or through email at fact and suspicion at gmail.com